Are you looking to extend your faith in God? You're in the right place. This is a biblical and practical approach to God's words. Welcome to Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarena. Hello, this is Anthony. This is day 13 of Heal the Sick with Brother Osborne. And we're talking about the nature of trust today, chapter 13. Uh, Many people get the wrong idea about the nature of trust in God's word. They imagine that trust is for almost anyone except themselves. They think that in order to exercise trust, one must wonderfully and rigorously exercise the mind to strain and worry or go through certain rituals in order to appropriate the promises of God and secure his blessing. A lot of people, they're looking for a formula, right? Everybody knows this. And so a lot of times we think it's more simplistic if we have this formula. If we follow this formula, then it will happen. You know, one plus one equals two. And that's not the way God works. God works through relationship and not a formula. Okay. Many will say they believe the word of God, but they are still sick. They will say, I have all the trust in the world, but until I see some change, I do not believe I am healed. I refuse to claim something I do not have. I believe that if a person is healed, they will know it. This is the wrong idea of the nature of trust. There are two platforms which to stand on. One is belief and the other is unbelief. Either the word of God is true or it is not. God will either do what he has promised or he will not. His promises are either reliable or they're not. Will you believe that that the word of God is true? Or will you believe that the word of God is false? If you believe that God is truthful, then you need to need not hesitate to obey and act upon his promises, regardless of whether or not you can see the immediate results. Trust a decisive act. Genuine trust in God and in his word is, is stepping out upon what he has said, regardless of what one sees or feels or senses in the natural. Trust is a decisive act depending upon only upon God's word. Trust ignores every natural symptom, right? Trust ignores every natural symptom and or evidence, which is contrary to what God's word states. When you pray for the prayer of faith, prayer of trust and call upon God for what you need, then you leave the results with him, knowing that according to his word, it shall come to pass. See, a lot of times we want to have a feeling. We want to know that we're healed before we actually believe that we're healed. And so this is what he's addressing here, that it's not that at all. It's just simply trusting and believing God's word, plain and simple, above everything else. Um, in aviation and flying an airplane, they talk about being instrument rated, right? So when you're instrument rated, then that means that you can fly with the instruments and you don't fly by by sight alone anymore, right? So this is a more experienced pilot who can fly by in the instruments itself. So they rely on the instruments to tell them the truth. And if it's not true, then they're in trouble, right? But the good thing is, is that God's word is a constant standard and it is always true. And we could always rely on his word and his promises because he's faithful to perform them. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. Right. So he becomes uh, the word of God becomes our instrument that we can trust in to fly. 
to, to see the promises come to pass. Plain and simple. You know that the word of God says, these signs shall follow those who believe, not those who see something before they will believe. David said, I had believed to see. He did not say, I had to see before I believed. Yet many are demanding a sign of healing before they will believe that they, they have received healing. Those who believe that they, they, are, they have received healing according to God's word invariably see the healing manifest in their bodies. Believe the word of God. Suppose a person bound hand and foot, cast into a prison, where were to make an appeal for pardon, and the jailer were to come and present the paper showing that a pardon had been granted. Would the prisoner feel grateful towards those who had granted the pardon? The jailer, the, the jailer reads the pardon, takes off the fetters, unlocks the prison doors, throws them open, and says, You are free to go. Go your way in peace. But the prisoner says, I know the pardon says that I am free, but I believe every word of it, and I believe every word of it, but I am in a prison. The, word, the doors are open, and walk out, says the jailer. I know the doors are open. And I know that I would be free if I were out, but I am not out. I'm still here in the prison. That's basically what he's saying. Well, walk out, persists the jailer. Do you not believe that what the pardon says is true? Yes, I believe every word of it. But it seems as if I never will get out of here. A pardon would be of no benefit to such a person. By choice, the prisoner remains in prison instead of acting on the authority of the pardon. Right? He, he, he said he, he believed the pardon, but he never acted upon it. And this is why James says that trust without works is dead. You have to show that you believe what you're saying, that you trust what God's word says by your actions. Right? That you have works, operations that prove that what you, that what you believe is actually what you believe. This is why I say you, you can tell what you really trust in, what you really believe when a storm comes. Plain and simple. The, pardon, um, the gospel of healing for the body is of no benefit to those who will not act upon it. The scripture, I'm the Lord who heals you, is of no value to those who will not accept that promise of God and act upon it. Who heals all your diseases of no benefit to the person who will not step out on that statement and act his or her trust? With, the, with his stripes, you were healed is worthless to, to you if you refuse to believe that all of your sickness and sicknesses were born by Christ. You refuse to believe that you are healed because you still feel a pain. So you say, I know that does not mean me. It cannot mean that I was healed because I am sick. So you refuse to believe the word of God because of what you see or feel forgetting that the very nature of trust is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So trust is the substance of things expected for and the evidence of things not, not seen, right? Sometimes I throw in yet, right? Yet seen because they will manifest as you trust. So it's an interesting thing that he's pointing out here because a lot of people, they want to feel, they want to see, before they actually trust and believe. Now they say, well, I believe, I believe. And, and this is a problem is a lot of people, they say, you know, I, I prayed in trust. Okay, if you prayed in trust, then it would manifest. And I know that's hard to swallow. I know that's hard to, to look into, but a lot of people pray and hope or they're trying it out 
So maybe God will, maybe God won't. They're not 100% sure, right? But they're hoping maybe as they pray that they, hen- they hit the lottery of heaven and a healing manifests. And it's, it's so ridiculous. It's ridiculous to, to think that way. Instead of going into the situation fully aware, believing God is going to do what he promised. And all you have to do is lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. That's how simple he made it. Let's stick to his plan, not ours, because ours doesn't work. His works 100% of the time. Act on the word. A lady in the state of New York who had been in bed with tuberculosis for several months was musing on the scriptures one afternoon. She was a wonderful Christian, but had never heard the truth about divine healing. And this is the case for many people. They hear about healing, but they think somebody special has to go and pray for you. Or somebody special has a special anointing. And that only they, when they lay hands on you, can you be healed. And then when those people lay hands on them and they're not healed, then they freak out even more because they're looking to the person uh, of that minister or that ministry instead of Jesus Christ. And this is a major flaw that we've built into the church, we've allowed into the culture of the church, instead of seeing the word of God for what it says that healing is a person, his name is Jesus Christ. So let's continue. As she lay in bed meditating on the second chapter of 1 Peter, she came to verse 24, who his own self bore our sins in his body, his own body on the tree. And as she read this, she wept for gratitude for the salvation that Jesus had provided for her. She rejoiced because she, he, uh, he had bore her sins and because of the wonderful experience of salvation she had enjoyed. She knew that when her, her tuberculosis, tuberculosis had run its course, she would be ready to die. While rejoicing over the great mercy of forgiveness, she decided to read further. By whose strength you were healed. She looked back at the first part of the verse and noticed that Jesus had borne her sins. He had already done it. It was in the past. It was over. And so she was saved. She knew it. It was real to her. No one could make her doubt it. But what about those other words in the exact same verse? By whose stripes you were healed. Could it be true? Did it mean what it said? Yes, she thought. It must be true. It is the word of God. Promise turned to practice. And it says, Mother, she called in a voice weakened by the the ravages of tuberculosis. Did you know that God said in his word that I was healed? Her mother replied, Oh dear, what, what, what do you mean? Let me turn on the light here, see if that makes a difference. I know it's... It keeps getting light and it gets dark and gets light and it gets dark. So I'm going to see. Uh, there we go. There we go. It's a little gloomy today. It's raining. It's cold. And that's the whole reason why, um, basically, it looks like I'm sitting in the dark. Okay. So let's continue. The mother replied, why, dear, what do you mean? Look here, the daughter said. What? Joy flowing down her cheeks. Listen to this. The Bible says, by whose stripes you were healed. That must mean me. It's wonderful. I never saw that before. Just look at it. By whose stripes you were healed. Mother, it has already been done. I'm healed. Get my clothes. Bring them here to me. I'm healed. Oh, this is wonderful. The mother did everything she could to calm down her daughter and to keep her in bed. She avoided bringing her the close to her. But the daughter asked, haven't you taught us to believe all of the word of God? Haven't you 
brought us up to believe every word of the Bible and the mother could not control her daughter's joy. The former, the former tuberculosis patient arose by herself, put on her clothes, left her bedroom, shouting through the house and was completely healed. In less than three weeks, she was normal in weight and was completely restored. What had happened? She had come to treat the word of God as a direct revelation of what he was eager to do for her. When, he, when she saw what he had said in his word and believed it, it produced faith, it produced trust, and trust comes by hearing the word of God. God's healing power went through her body and she was delivered. And it's this simple, saints, this simple. You trust what he says. Don't doubt it. Don't second guess it. Don't allow the enemy to rob you from God's word because that's what it says about the, the, the seed that's scattered on the stones, right? The birds come, it's the, the devil comes and, and picks up the seed before it takes root. Don't let the devil take God's word from you. Stand on it, trust it, believe in it, resolve within yourself to trust it completely and this too will become your reality. Plain and simple. Don't hope that his word is true. No, absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt that his word is true and you will see healing as well. Reverend E. e. Byram related the following incident that occurred in his life around 1885 when the ministry of healing was almost unknown among Christians. Shortly after the Lord called me to, to work for him, I learned a very precious lesson. There was much sickness in the community in which I lived. Three of our family members had been stricken down with fever and passed through a severe siege of sickness. I soon felt the, dread, the dreaded disease take hold of me. I, I withstood it for several days, but was finally overpowered by it. Laying in bed for a few hours, burning with fever and suffering excruciating pain, I began to commune with, earnestly with the Lord. I told him that he had called me to a ministry which in my present condition I was unable to fulfill. The move is yours. As there were no elders to call upon, I began to refer my case to the Lord and, and to quote his wonderful promises, his many wonderful promises, among which was John fifteen seven. If you live in me and my words live in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Oh, such a wonderful verse. Such an amazing verse if we will only trust it and believe it. Hmm. I examined my consecration and then asked him to search me. I was willing to do anything for him. And I said, oh, Lord, I'm living for you and your words are living in me. So the promise is mine. I give you my case entirely into your hands and I pray you heal me. And then I waited for the work to be done and no change came. Finally, I said, Lord, why am I not healed? And the answer came to me once. Take me at my word and arise. I said, amen, Lord, I will. And without hesitation, I began to get out of bed. It seemed as if my head would burst with pain. But in my weakness, I began to dress myself. When half dressed, I slight, a slight change came over me and dropping upon my knees, I thanked the Lord for it. After dressing and giving thanks again and again, I was much better and walked into another room declaring that the Lord had healed me. Within 20 minutes, the fever had entirely left my body. Immediately, I went to work and was well from that very hour. I am sure that if I had lain in bed and refused to act upon the Lord's word, I would have had to pass through a long siege of sickness. To God be all the glory. It taught me a very valuable lesson of trusting him and his word. I found that when, when trust is acted, in spite of every contradictory sense, God will always fulfill his word and make it good to us. 
Real trust is taking God at his word and stepping out upon his promise with all confidence and sincerity without a doubt of fear. Divine healing for all by trust. Real trust cannot exist, nor can you claim healing for your body until you know that God wants to heal you. How can you know this? God's will, read God's will as it is revealed in the Bible. You may know that he wills to heal everyone who is sick in the exact same way that you may know that he will he wills to, to save everyone who is sinful. And so what he did for, for sin, he did for sickness, right? He forgives sin and he heals sickness. He dealt with them at the same time. Even when we look at 1 Peter 2.24, you find both there. The very minute you realize that the promise of God to heal all who are sick pertains to you personally, then your trust is ready to act and healing will come. Because so much wrong teaching regard this great mercy of healing, many have failed to boldly, pro boldly claim the promise as theirs personally and have consequently failed to receive the healing, which was clearly God's will for them to enjoy. So if you're watching this and you're sick, um, I, am, I encourage you, take God at his word. Believe him. Believe him over your circumstances, over the pain, over the things you're going through. Maybe you can only move a finger. Maybe you can only think. Maybe you can only, you know, speak a word. Whatever the case may be, you start doing what you couldn't do before. And you start thanking God. God, I thank you that you healed me. I thank you that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus bore the stripes, therefore I'm healed. And if you're a believer, what I say is, I'm in Jesus. And Jesus is in me. And there's no sickness in Jesus. So no sickness can abide in me. So I stand in Jesus. Therefore, all sickness has to go. Just like sickness could not touch Jesus, sickness cannot touch me because I am Christ in Christ Jesus. I am his body. I'm a part of his body. Therefore, all sickness has to leave. And Father, I thank you. Right? And I, I just go into thanking him. God, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm whole. I thank you that... No sickness can touch me. I thank you. And all the symptoms, all the stuff, it starts leaving immediately. Why? Because I'm putting my focus and my trust in God and who he is and his promises that he is faithful because of his nature and his character that he, when he declares something, he is faithful to do what he has promised. He is a God of his word. He is a promise keeper. He keeps his, his covenant to a thousand generations. So think about it. Like, it's not something light for him. It's not something that he flippantly says one day and changes his mind the next or or anything like that. He completely trusts that when he speaks something that he's able to perform it. So he's not going to say something that he will not do. Think about that for a second. He will not promise you something that he will not do. And he's so confident about what he has spoken that he had over... 40 different authors write in the Bible, his words and his promises for us because he's able to fulfill what he has promised, plain and simple. So if you need healing right now, just place your hand on yourself. I'm going to pray. So Father, I thank you right now from the top of their head to the soles of your, their feet, all weakness, all sickness, all pain, all false pain, all lies, all evil reports. We break your power now. Be healed. Be whole. 100% in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that they are healed. They are whole. And that they abide in you. 
in Jesus' name. And if you're watching this and you're not a believer, I'd like to invite you to, to make a decision. It's a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Okay? So it's not just saying a prayer. It's, it's not about saying a prayer. It's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. It's a decision that you don't make lightly. The, when we look to what Jesus says, Jesus says that in order to decide upon something like this, that it's like building a building. You sit down, you make sure that you're able to complete, you're able to fulfill it before you take on the task. And so I, I take it a step further in line of, with what Jesus says. And I say, you're deciding to marry Jesus for eternity. You decide. It's not for a day. It's not for an hour. It's not just for this lifetime, but it's for eternity. You're deciding to marry Jesus. So you make the decision. It's a decision I can guarantee you will not regret because God is a good God and he loves you. Okay? So blessing. If you make that decision, please feel free to contact me at anthony at bethegospel.com. Again, it's anthony at bethegospel.com. I'd love to chat with you, talk with you, and um, discuss further steps on, on walking this out. Not just hearing about it, but walking this out for the glory of God. Amen. God bless you. So good to, to hear from you and see you. I've been getting a lot of feedback from y'all. And so um, next, tomorrow, next time, we're going to be talking about some unscriptural teachings. So we're going to start going after some of these traditions of men, these sacred cows, and really nailing them down. I know we've been hitting on them here and there as we've been going through the first 13 chapters, but we're going to dive in deeper. Amen. So God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Be The Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarina. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit BeTheGospel.com and on Facebook at Be The Gospel Today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Be The Gospel.